Believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and welcome back to Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. If you are arriving to this podcast episode and this is the first one you've ever heard, know that you are smack in the middle of the Belief in Action series for 2017. And this series is all about branding. And last time we talked about five components of a compelling brand, five things that you can do right now to increase the quality of your brand and increase your reach and grow your audience and your influence and your impact. Part two of this series is all about ways to find your brand voice because let's face it, it is noisy, it is crowded. As I like to say, you can't swing a dead cat without somebody saying they've got a new podcast or they're starting a new blog or they're launching a new business. And that's great because this is America. This is the land of opportunity. We live in a world of free enterprise and it is totally within our purview to do that. We can be anything that we desire to be. At the same time, because it's noisy, because it's crowded, because people are jockeying for position and visibility, you have to kind of be very intentional about what your brand voice is. What is your brand's point of view? How is it that people are going to distinguish you from other people that are offering what you offer or similarly doing what it is that you do. And so we're going to talk about six ways to find your brand voice. Some of these are going to be questions that you ask yourself and the other parts are going to be things that you can actually do and action steps that you can take right now to get your brand moving in the direction that you hope. So the first thing that I want to talk about with regard to brand voice is solidifying your platform. In other words, what is it that you stand for? What is it that your brand represents? What are the words and the terms and the concepts that you want people to associate with your platform? And so if you think about a platform as a raised surface, so if you're going to raise your brand above products and services, then you also have to represent some ideas. Philosophically, what is it that you represent? So some examples of those might include things like adventure, community, sports, travel, family, style, fashion, social justice, happy marriages, celibacy, all kinds of things. What is it that your brand represents? What are the ideals and the ideas that you espouse? And so you should always be asking yourself, the ideal participant in my program fits this criteria or the ideal person for my product or service fits this criteria. And it's not just a criteria in terms of they got money in their pocket, but what is it that they believe? What are the ideas that resonate with them? There are so many platforms and people gravitate towards the platforms that are meaningful to them. So for example, if you just had a baby and you're a stay-at-home mom, you might be gravitating towards those brands that are pertinent and relevant to stay-at-home mothers. Those are the types of things that you're going to be searching for because you're looking for tips and tools and resources and trying to figure out a system with this new little person in your life. If you are like me in 2017, I am not going to call myself a vegan. I will say that I am leaning in a veganish direction (laughs) because there are some things that I have not quite departed with in my transition, primarily dairy. I still like eggs and things like yogurt. But for the most part, I have committed myself to an 80% plant-based lifestyle. That means more spinach, more fruits, more vegetables. Thank God for sweet potatoes and potatoes because those are both plant-based. Hallelujah. Thank God for things like nuts (laughs) and lentils because those things are also plant-based. 
But now, because that is a an area that resonates with me, when I go looking for things, I'm looking for ways to incorporate this into my everyday life so that I don't starve or feel like I have to eat salads every day. And so this is how people tend to find you. They gravitate towards brands that resonate with their interest. And so what does your company, what is your platform, what does it represent as you are trying to rise above the noise? How are you making it explicit that this is what your platform stands for? So a really good example of this is the Happy Wives Club created by Fawn Weaver. Happy Wives Club is very clear that they're about healthy marriages, that they are not necessarily faith-based, but you can tell that many of the readings and the blogs lean in that direction. But they are a response to that show that came out some years ago, Desperate Housewives, and a lot of shows that were portraying marriages in a really negative light. And so Fawn kind of reached out to her network and her circle and said, I think that we can put out a different message. I think that we can craft a different narrative. And so Happy Wives Club, it is clear and transparent what they stand for. Happy wives, healthy relationships with their husbands. This is who they're about. So when you think about your platform, ask yourself, in what ways would people be looking for me? What are the types of ideas or ideals or lifestyle choices that are going to make it clear and explicit what my brand represents, what my brand actually stands for. Which brings me to number two. What specific words do you want to associate with your brand? So for example, think about this in terms of taglines or hashtags. What are going to be those distinguishable search terms that you want people to associate with what your brand represents and what it stands for? Because when it comes to social media marketing, this is going to be important. Some people use hashtags. Some people don't. Some people have five followers and they use hashtags all the time. Some people have 10,000 followers and they don't use hashtags at all. Some people have purchased followers. And even though they have high numbers, they have low engagement. And Instagram, now that it's owned by Facebook, they're changing their algorithm all the time. So think specifically in terms of verbs. What are the things that you do in your brand? Do you motivate? Do you inspire? Do you teach? Do you speak? Do you develop? Do you cultivate? Do you transform? Do you develop systems? Do you develop habits of mind? Whatever it is that your brand does, whatever it is that your platform does, you should be able to boil it down into a tagline. I'm not saying that you have to use it, but it should be fairly simple and straightforward. I wrestled with this a lot when I made the transition from branding for believers to believing bigger, but believing bigger just fits. It is the all-encompassing umbrella for everything that I do and everything that I aspire to do in my business. And so even though I inspire, motivate, teach, speak, and all of that, it is all under the umbrella of believing bigger. So that's how one and two are connected. I think about the verbs, what I actually do in my business, what I actually do with my brand, and then I connect it to the ideals and the ideas that I want to bring about in the world to make myself heard and distinguishable from other people who are doing what I do. So number three, what are your key messages? In other words, what is the message that you want your audience to hear? What is it that you want them to believe? What is it that you want them to internalize? What is it that you want them to be thinking about in their moments of uncertainty? What is it that you want them to be thinking about when they're trying something new? So for example, 
I would not call myself a culinarian by any stretch of the imagination. Can I cook? Yes. And every time I endeavor to cook something that I've never cooked before, I always remember what my grandmother told me. If you can read, you can cook. Simple. And so that is kind of what gives me the courage and the wherewithal to try new things and not to be so fearful and kind of stay in this limited box of culinary choices. But that is a message, even though my grandmother isn't trying to build any sort of platform or increase her brand or her audience, that is a very powerful message. If you can read, you can cook. And it stays with me in those moments where I'm in the kitchen and I'm trying to do something new. So think about what are the key messages that you want your audience to hear? What is it that you want them to be thinking about and say to themselves, well, you know, this person always says, or like they say on the Nike commercial, just do it. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come to me and say, or email me and say, well, Dr. Shante says, believe bigger, or I'm believing bigger, Dr. Shante, or this is my believe bigger moment. I get goosebumps and chills when I hear that message parroted back to me. If you Google believing bigger, you will find me on the first three pages of Google. I have dominated that digital space because that is the core message. I have taken ownership of that message more so even than Oprah. If you type in believe bigger in Google or believing bigger in Google, you will see Oprah sprinkled in there somewhere around about the second or third page. But that is a core message that I want my audience to hear. And so what is it that you want your core audience to believe and internalize? That is one of the ways that you develop your brand voice is that you stay on message. You find the message that resonates. You find the message that pretty much says everything that you need for it to say, and you stick with it. Nike has been using Just Do It for 25, probably close to 30 years. That's just what it is. Now, McDonald's, they change their tagline all the time, but McDonald's is so embedded and entrenched in not only American culture, but international culture that they really can make any sort of slogan taglines that they desire, and they're still going to continue to make money. But for small business and entrepreneurs, one of the ways that we begin to develop our footing and sure up our footing with regard to the brand space is being very clear. What is our message? How do we communicate that message? What is it that we want our audience to hear and how do we want them to share it? It's not enough for your audience just to hear your message, but to share it. I also get goosebumps when people tell me, well, I share your, your podcast every week or every time I hear a new episode, I send it all out to my friends. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for doing that. I appreciate you. Or people say, oh my gosh, this gives me life. And so in the previous podcast, we talked about making sure that you tap into someone's emotions when somebody says, oh my gosh, this gave me life. That's another emotion and that message of believing bigger is resonating and I appreciate it. But for your brand, what is it that you want people to own? Oh, that's another example. Own. Okay, so Oprah Winfrey is about owning your destiny, about owning the process for becoming the best possible version of yourself. You own that narrative. And so that is the powerful messaging. That's the key message that she wants her audience to hear. What is the message that you want your audience to hear? So key messages is very important. Number four, if you are stuck and you're like, this sounds good, Dr. Shante, but I don't know how sway how. I get it. I understand. In which case you need to ask others about their perceptions of you. Now, you know, I don't have to say that you can't ask everybody what they think about you. 
ask people who value you, who care about you, who understand your platform and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to build in your life, uh, people and clients that you've served in the past. It's always very important to get things like testimonials because sometimes we devalue what we have to offer. We don't always realize how much value we have brought into the lives of the people that we serve and the people that we have helped along the way. So allow them to tell you in their own words and look for patterns. Look at the types of things that they're saying about you and the consistent phrases and the consistent words that keep coming up as a theme, as a resonating theme. And you can use that to help develop your voice. So number three is what are the key messages? Number four is ask others about their perceptions of you, how they see you. What are your strengths and what are your gifts? What are those types of things that keep coming up in those conversations and in that dialogue, and then use that to develop a core message that resonates with the ideas and the ideals that you want to put out into the world with your brand. Number five, in terms of finding your brand voice, you have to find your delivery. You have to find a way that works for you. I have not given up on blogging. I say this every year. I am determined one day to just consistently write. However, for me, it's a time issue. It's a bandwidth issue. And I know people say, well, why don't you just outsource it? You can get someone to write your blog for you. Mm-mm. Can't do it, Shirley. Just that's nope. Can't do it. That's just not who I am. If I speak, I speak. <laughs> One of the things that people have consistently said about my book, Believing Bigger, A 31-Day Faith Journey, is that it's so relatable. Dr. Shante, I felt like you were talking directly to me. I can relate to what you're saying. You just made it so accessible and it was so easy to read and get through. Not to say that there weren't challenging messages and things that didn't challenge you spiritually, but when they say it's easy to get through, meaning they said, I feel like I was talking to a friend. And so that's why I can't outsource my blogs. That's why I can't outsource my content. But think about your delivery. What ways do you want to deliver this message? So for me, my messaging comes primarily by way of podcasting and through social media. But it's not just how you're going to deliver it, not just distribution channels, but also what approach are you going to take in your delivery? So are you stoic and serious? And when I say stoic and serious, if you have Netflix, go ahead and treat yourself and binge watch Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. This was a children's book series that was very popular. They made a movie about it. And now Netflix has created original content for it. But the narrator, Lemony Snicket, is very stoic. He's very serious. He talks just like this. There's no inflection. There's no excitement. This is how he narrates the story. And it's like, okay, that's his delivery. But it is appropriate because he's talking about a series of unfortunate events that happened to three children. However, what is your brand? What is the mood of your brand? What is the vibe of your brand? Is it fun? Is it vivacious? Is it familiar where you're talking to your audience the way that you talk to a friend? Someone who does this very well is Lovey. So if you haven't read Lovey Ajayi's blog, Awesomely Lovey, you are missing out because Lovey is turnt <laughs> the entirety of her blog post. She is always turnt. No matter what the subject matter is, she talks to you like she's talking to one of her girlfriends. And that's one of the reasons why her brand is so popular and engaging is because they feel like they're talking to one of their sister girls. And she just happens to have amazing wit, charm, and humor to wrap all of her messaging. But that is her delivery. It is witty. It's charming. It's humorous. She's not trying to be formal because that's just not what resonates with her brand and her platform. But yours might be. Are you authoritative? 
Are you professorial where you're teaching? What is your delivery style? There are a number of radio broadcasters, sports broadcasters. Shout out to Jonathan Hood, one of my favorites on ESPN. There are sports broadcasters. There are news broadcasters. But you know why we don't listen to them all? Because there are certain voices that resonate because of the delivery. There are tons and tons, literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts right now on iTunes. And I so appreciate those of you that turn in and listen to me every week, because whatever is happening in this delivery, it's something that resonates with you. And I appreciate that. But for yourself, how are you going to deliver your content? Some people are afraid of being too friendly, too familial, because they think that they won't be taken seriously. It depends on who your audience is. It totally depends on who your audience is. And it depends on who you are. If shucking and jiving works for one person, then great. That's what works for them. But if it's not what works for you, even though it's popular, it doesn't mean that you should pursue it. You have to build a brand that is authentic and people can smell and spot BS from a mile away. They can tell when you're trying to be like the next person that's doing this and they know whether or not it's really you. So make sure that your delivery is clear and that you're consistent with what whatever it is. So pick the mood, pick the vibe for how your brand is going to deliver and give the voice. So what tone of voice is your brand going to have and make sure that you carry it through. And then the last thing, do some social listening. So I've seen big brands do this all the time. So for example, I want to say around about Thanksgiving or Christmas, I got an email from Old Navy and the subject line was, yes. And I said, oh, no, the hell they didn't. Really? It was yet another appropriation of Black culture. And I said, wow, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and the reason why Old Navy does that is because Old Navy does social listening. They listen to how the people that consume their products are talking, not just talking amongst one another, but talking about their products. So for example, if somebody is wearing a cute pair of old Navy jeans and they're looking at the comments and the comments are, yes, slay, they are doing some social listening. And I can appreciate the methodology, not necessarily the appropriation. And I'll just leave that right there because I do like old Navy, but that is an example of social listening. People are oversharers of information. It is so easy to find out what your audience is thinking, what they are concerned about, how it is that they're talking amongst themselves, and how it is that they are talking about products and services that you offer by looking at product reviews on Amazon, by looking at social media and how they respond to certain products and services that are being offered by others. You can just listen to that tone of voice and then ask yourself, how does this tone inform how I want to communicate with my audience? So for example, even though I'm quote unquote, Dr. Shantae, I don't go around toting these letters in the front and in the back saying, oh, I need to talk this way about the proliferation of brand execution and marketing deliverables and receivables and business this and business that. Doctor does not connote that for me. For example, some of my good friends, Besties MD, it doesn't connote that for them either. They are fun-loving, approachable. They are sister girls. And that is how they present themselves in their brand. It's not, oh, we're doctors and we have to be extremely formal. No, they are extremely accessible. So think about what is the most appropriate way to connect to your audience? How is it that they are talking about 
products, services? How is it that they are engaging one another around the ideas that are important to them and the ones that are important to you as well? So I hope that that was helpful. We have reached the end of part two of our Belief in Action series. I hope that you were taking copious notes. And if you weren't, that is the beauty of podcasting because you can stop, pause, write, play, and do the cycle all over again until you get exactly what it is that you need to move forward. So next week, we are going to wrap this baby up with how to, cha-ching, how do we monetize our brand? How do we cash in? Because it's not just, hey, I have a brand and the money will come. No, it is a consistent process. And we are going to talk about what that process is next week. And as always, if you have any comments, takeaways, aha moments, you know that you can always hit me at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And I will see you guys next week. Peace.